welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And uh, today we're talking about the episode with Bar None, the worst title in the series, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. We went from number one to number 118 or whatever. That said, I would say, so far, in terms of general thoughts, this is probably my favorite episode so far. What do you think, Emma? Oh, is it really? I thought this one was like, no, okay. This is, okay, this is I was going to say. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I, would, I would put it about on par with the moth. Yeah, this one's rough. Yeah. It just, there was like, not a ton of continuity from the flashbacks to what was going on, I felt like. And then the big reveal yeah. at the end was so disappointing to me. Yeah, it's a huge letdown. Yeah. Yeah, this just doesn't do... It really doesn't do anything right. Like, the the, the plot line that I'm most interested in when I'm watching this is the Charlie and Rose one. I know. And that's pretty small. And also, we've already talked on this podcast about how Charlie is not my favorite. But, mm-hmm. like, the Kate stuff with all the case, that is fine. But, I don't know, something about it just doesn't work. I mean, we'll talk about it. And then, yeah, the flashbacks are, in my opinion, the worst flashbacks that we've had so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that makes it, like, not a bad episode, but maybe a mediocre episode for me is Sawyer. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was just kind of fun to watch this episode. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's great. I thought you were saying he was uh, the bad part I was about to... Get mad. I really disagree. <laughs> yeah, I was, about to, I was about to end the episode. It's about to be our first three-minute episode. Uh, yeah, no, I I would agree. He's I'm, he's just... I mean, the thing is, is like him and Evangeline Lilly do have really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so regardless of whether or not you think there's uh, some possible problematic elements of uh, their romance relationship on the show, uh, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's jump into it then. Whatever the case may be, directed by Lost Superstar Jack Bender. And then this one was written by Damon Lindelof and Jennifer Johnson. And Jennifer Johnson was the writer, the co-writer of The Moth. Oh, so that that's where it is. I mean, I don't, that's the thing is like, I don't want to be like, because so many different people go into, I mean, I'm sure there was other people helping write it and all that kind of stuff, but like... Boy, it's a bummer when there's a real big common denominator between the yeah. two worst episodes so far. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, written by Damon Lindelof as well. So uh, certainly he could have maybe uh, fixed some of the stuff. So I don't want to say it's all her fault. But uh, this aired on January 5th, 2005. We passed the winter break. So this was, I guess, coming right back into it. This would have been kind of a bummer to get kicked off again, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the uh, the winter break, but so to start off, uh, Kate is gathering fruit out of a tree, and now I thought this would be a good time to bring this up because we don't have a confirmation on exactly which episode this is. But um, Evangeline Lilly in 2018 uh, publicly talked about how uh, someone that she called a misogynistic stunt coordinator. Uh, basically, like, caused her to, like, injure her arms uh, doing a uh, tree climbing scene. Mm -hmm. 
basically saying like, yeah, they wanted to have a stunt person do it, but I wanted to be the one to do it because like, I think we've talked about it already, but she does love like climbing trees. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that's it is she wanted to be the one to do it, but because she challenged or her version of it is that because she challenged it, um, the guy got mad and wouldn't let her have the, like the moleskin padding or whatever that you would normally have for a scene like that. Mm -hmm. And she ended up like cutting up her arms real bad. And it was apparently like really not good. Yeah, that will link to the article that you had sent to me earlier um, Mm -hmm. on our socials. But yeah, just what a gross story. And it sounds like it got infected maybe or it, it sounded really bad what happened to her. Yeah, and it sucks. I mean, it's 100% the kind of thing where you can see, like, some guy who is awful gets challenged a little bit and then decides to be punitive towards Evangeline Lilly. Um, Yeah, huge bummer. So I don't think it was this scene, to be honest. If I had to guess, I kind of try to, like, search my memory for all the different uh, Kate tree climbing scenes. There's the ones that I can remember. I think it might have actually been in episode four. Okay. Uh, in Walkabout, where she's like, because uh, that's where she's trying to like put the radio antenna up in the tree for Saeed, and then the monster comes, and then she has to like kind of like grab onto the branch mm-hmm. um, to not fall. And so, if I had to guess, I would say that is the scene. But it's she doesn't say specifically. My guess would be to not have uh, a big lawsuit come out about the stunt coordinator, right? Uh, who she does not name, but. Uh, just something to uh, keep in mind, I think, is, uh, you know, that sucks. <laughs> so, uh, to start off here, yeah, Kate is gathering fruit from a tree. She climbs down. The music here is... I actually noticed, I don't think that I've heard that music, uh, like, in any other scene so far on the show. It's really nice, though. Um, mm. And uh, she hears uh, rustling in the bushes, throws a rock at it, turns out it's Sawyer. He says that he is trying to protect her, uh, which I guess he probably is. I, it's, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like pretty clear that Ethan really just wanted Claire. Um, yeah, I guess I was Team Sawyer on this one. I felt like mm-hmm. the way that Kate reacted, I mean, a woman was just kidnapped. You know, like... sure. Even if she doesn't want that attention from Sawyer, he was totally being a creep about it. But some kind of buddy system with somebody yeah, else on the <laughs> island, you know, might be the, a smart move. If there's a time to implement the buddy system, it yeah. is directly <laughs> after the first kidnapping. Yes. Um, and let's be honest, if there was a buddy system, nobody's being Sawyer's buddy but Kate at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So they, you know, sit there and flirt basically <laughs> until... Uh, Kate hears a waterfall. It looks nice. I gotta say, uh, I would not have gone swimming in that. No. <laughs> at all. The water, it wasn't, like, dirty. It just wasn't, like, clear. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have no clue. <laughs> you have no clue what's in that thing. On, uh, I mean, it's great that you found another source of fresh water. Uh, obviously, it's unusable based on what they find in it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they they both decide, hey, great time for a swim. So they strip down. This Sawyer is actually still maybe... wears jeans, though. Okay, that... yeah, this is insane, right? That's yeah. the worst. The worst. So oh, gross. She, she has already seen you naked. Strip mm-hmm. off the jeans, Sawyer. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that to me is 
wild. And he also does, like, did you notice when they, like, jump off the waterfall? He does, like, a perfect dive. Yeah. <laughs> like, she she does, like, a, like, oh, I'm gonna, like, almost cannonball. And he just is, like, oh, yeah, real quick. And then we, like, I guess look off to the left and Jin holds up a sign that says 9.5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, What do you think about this scene? And let's even say before the, like, the discovery of the bodies. This is weird, right? Yeah, it did feel weird. This is, like, the first time that they've flirted like this, I guess. Like, they've definitely had, like, sexual tension, but this is just, I don't know. I mean, Sawyer's, like, tickling her while she's just in her underwear, basically. Like, this is is so much more intimate. I almost, my my theory for this episode is it kind of seems like they just body-swapped Jack and Sawyer for this. Mm -hmm. Because later on, Jack is a freak. Um, mm-hmm. like this would make so much more sense if it was vice versa, but, but anyways, I guess they go, they go play grab ass in the pool together, uh, <laughs> and Kate notices at the bottom two corpses strapped to a, uh, airplane seat. So these are casualties from the wreckage. Uh, they don't look great. They don't really look, maybe we're spoiled by, you know, the walking dead and all that kind of stuff, sure. but... Boy, oh boy, did these really look like mannequins. <laughs> they, uh... Uh, Sawyer loots the bodies. He gets the wallet. Uh, th- why? I don't know why. Yeah, what, why? What could possibly be in the wallet? I mean, technically, we do loot another wallet later on in the episode, and it's exactly what we need in there. But, like, what does Sawyer think he's going to find? The only thing I could think is, like, maybe some kind of identification. Like, if they were going to give them a grave but that's not Sawyer's yeah Sawyer's not doing that yeah but yeah that makes makes no sense but Kate sees a case down underneath the chair and she asks Sawyer to help her get it and says that it's hers uh they grab it and then take it to shore and then as she's like studying the case I guess Sawyer realizes that it's not hers I guess based on her looking at it maybe her looking how to open it Mm mm-hmm but then she gives up way too easily for this. Like, if you look at everything that she's willing to do in this episode for this stupid little toy plane, she's willing to, like, set up a bank robbery and then betray her bank robber friends. Yeah. Uh, dig up a corpse and, like, go root around in its pockets. She's like a little, like, rat in this episode, just mm-hmm. scurrying around like she's like a cornered animal. She will do anything for this case, but then Sawyer just says, oh, well, you won't mind if I take it. And she just says, no, help yourself. Like, it just seems very weird. So weird. And also, like, from everything that we've seen of Sawyer at this point, if she were to be like, no, this is my case, I think he probably would have dropped it. Like, maybe it would have been, like, sneakily watching her to see how she gets it open or something like that, you know, like, creep around. But I think he would have given it to her. For sure. I mean, what we've kind of seen so far is that if somebody asks Sawyer nicely, he will just give them whatever they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, up until this point. Yeah, all she had to do was say, yeah, but I want this. I found it. Finders Keepers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he would absolutely have given it to her. That's the law that he, rule, you know, runs by. Mm-hmm. On the beach, the tide is coming in. Uh, this is basically... So, <laughs> I looked on the... The Wikipedia, the the reason for this, and I kind of just assumed it was because they had to get the wreckage off the beach. Uh, because, you know, they really did put plane wreckage on a beach, which is great for the set, but they can't keep it there, obviously. They don't mm-hmm. own the beach. Um, but it turns out it's because the tide actually was coming in, 
uh, and it was going to be like a huge disaster if the plane parts got, you know, put out to sea. So they had to move everyone. So this is basically, you know, the goodbye to the 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 crash setting. Mm. But as people are moving all the stuff further inland, Saeed says that people are, you know, more wary of moving to the caves after what happened to Claire. Um, also, this is something, I mean, this is one of those things that it's hard. We're just doing this just from the previous week. Uh, but we had, what, like a month in between episodes mm-hmm. from All the Best Cowboys? Yeah, almost almost exactly a month. Um it's weird that no one is still looking for Claire, right? Yeah. Like they've said it's just been four days. It just no, seems they like totally everyone gave up, gave up on, on Claire. Yeah. yeah. And so it makes sense if you are, like for the viewer, with a month in between episodes, it makes sense that you could kind of forget that urgency. But watching them back to back, it makes it really obvious that it's just very strange. Yeah. Um, Lock and Boone later it says that, you know, they say, oh, you've been looking for him for four days, and then we find out that they haven't really even been doing that. You'd think Charlie would be trying to organize something, or... Yeah, he's just sitting there moping. Yeah. Which, like I said, I did enjoy that storyline this episode, but, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense that... It seems like he would have been out there the next day, mm-hmm. based on the way that he's been so far. I don't know, it is... It's just a lot of leaps that this episode asks you to take. Clearly, they want to have some time before we find out what happened to Claire... It's just that I don't think that the ending of the last episode was definitive enough to warrant them just kind of still chilling on the beach. Oh, 100%. And I also want to back up just really quick about the tide. Um, I think it was a couple episodes ago now where you had mentioned that they cut it out, but uh, Russo and her team were studying time. And when the tide is coming in... I don't know if this was meant to be like a little sci-fi nugget or or what, but I think Jack or Saeed says something about it doesn't make any sense that like the timing of the tide coming in doesn't make sense. And that kind of like sparks something for me like, oh, is that supposed to go back to the sci-fi element? And I thought that was just kind of cool. So I'm trying to keep my ear open for anything to do with time in the, in the dialogues now that we're yeah kind of moving forward a little bit yeah well and i mean they kind of they try to go through Rousseau's stuff to figure out uh where claire is i guess but it, yeah it would have been interesting if they had been more into i mean they don't get any idea of where the island is based on her notes mm-hmm. um yeah that's a good point jack wants to go find Rousseau, um, ask Saeed to like show him where she is so that they can go maybe get some more info about where Claire would be. So I guess that is him trying to do something. But yeah. um, Saeed uh, refuses, and he's like already kind of like he's calling her crazy, and you know saying that he's doubting the whispers that he heard. He says he doesn't know what he heard in the jungle, which I got to say at this point, come on, man. <laughs> you heard something. Yeah. You don't gotta be like this. But uh, he does have the maps that he stole from Rousseau on the way out, and he needs them translated. Who is the only person that speaks French? That's, of course, Shannon. Uh, Shannon and Boone have a another one of their little fights. Uh, Boone has been working with Locke, we find out, for four days. They say looking for Claire. It doesn't seem like that's what they're doing later mm-hmm. on. But he says that people don't take 
him and Shannon seriously and calls her useless again, which um, she has fully internalized at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'll have stuff to say about Boone later, I guess. He's a freak in this episode. In f- our first flashback, Kate is going by Mrs. Ryan. That's how she, the loan officer, or I guess the bank manager, addresses her. She also later says she gets called Maggie by the bank robbers. So was she going by Mag Ryan? That's what I want to know. Um, <laughs> it's too close. She's a, So she's applying for a loan. Um, the guy that's like the bank manager is clearly like has a little crush on her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which, hey, you know what? Evangeline Lily comes into my store. I probably got a crush on her too. So fair enough. Feels like if you are the guy giving out loans, though, you maybe have to be someone that's not... Swayed by a pretty face yeah. immediately. <laughs> I do think that that's funny. He's he's portrayed as such a little like schmuck in this. But as she's applying for her loan for her coffee table book of old rundown movie theaters, now Emma, would you read this book? Um, no. No. Okay, I would flip through it for sure. I wouldn't buy it though. It wouldn't. Well, I would be not my spend own. money on it. No, but I take a look at it in Barnes and Nobles as I'm like making my way to whatever book I plan on reading for four hours there. <laughs> Actually, is that even still a thing? Is Barnes and Nobles still, do they still let you do that? I haven't done that in years. Um, I think that is why they have the cafes in there. Yeah, like they almost kind of encourage it. Tim, and I, it's funny that you bring this up because I was just talking about that with Tim. How like yeah, I think it's. So many people have that experience of just going to a Barnes and Noble and spending like four hours reading books that you're yeah. never going to buy. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, when you go to a bookstore and then you realize, oh, books are like expensive. Like you go buy a big comic book and that's like $25 mm-hmm. for something that you're going to read once. And it's like, or I could just sit here and and read it and nobody gets mad at me about that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I hope that people get to do that for generations to come. I yeah. hope that, that tradition never dies. Absolutely. <laughs> so, as she's applying for this loan, uh, wouldn't you know it, the bank gets robbed. And she does look genuinely scared in this. They There's the big turn coming where it turns out she's part of them. But that this is just showing that she's part of a bank robbery. Sawyer is sleeping with the uh, the case between his knees. Mm-hmm. Um, weird way to sleep, but he clearly knows the case coming for him. Uh, she tries to grab it, but he wakes up, grapples her, and he won't give it to her. She headbutts him and then takes off. That's like, um, I mean, this episode is four and five for a number of times that Sawyer has restrained all of Kate's limbs mm-hmm. with all of his limbs. That's uh, happened quite a few times at this point. <laughs> okay, so Shannon is sunbathing. She undoes her top, and then Saeed comes over to ask her to help. Two things with this. One, I, f- I gotta say, if you're, like, coming over to ask her a question, and then you see her, like, undo the knot, may- if it's me, I'm just gonna be like, you know what, I'll come back in, like, an hour yeah. or two. <laughs> I've made a time. I don't have to do this. I don't have to, like, have a conversation with her where she's, like, covering herself with a towel the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's a those I think that's a choice by Saeed, frankly. And then he also comes with it he comes in with some like Neil deGrasse Tyson shit. He comes in with he tells her, Oh, you know, we're quite close to the equator. The sun might be stronger yeah. than what you're used to. 
And then her response is perfect, which is, I have a pretty good base. Um, the response that a normal human being would give to that is, of course, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, can't you see I'm topless? Go away. But Saeed comes by, asks for help. She says, did my brother put you up to this? And Saeed is like, no. Which is such a funny, because like the idea that anyone would do something that Boone asked them to do. We know. <laughs> absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she... At first says no, but he says, hey, come on, I really need your help. Um, her thing makes sense for why she does. She doesn't want to look at it. Like, she's clearly got these issues with uh, feeling useless that Boone has amplified. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, started. But it, it doesn't make sense how easy... Like, there's just... They have nothing but time. Like, why wouldn't you want to get... Uh, Saeed, like, having to be talked into having her translate these is so weird to me. Where it's like, wouldn't wouldn't that be the first thing you do once mm-hmm. you're, like, conscious from, like, your wounds? Is like, alright, cool, time to figure out what's on these weird maps. Like, I want to know. You know, I kind of I... feel bad for Shannon in this oh, episode. Oh, for sure. I'm, a, I'm pro Shannon in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think everything she says is good. She doesn't, like, make fun of someone in a wheelchair or you know drown a puppy or anything like that mm-hmm. this episode so i'm uh yeah i'm a standard frankly uh sawyer is trying to pick the lock on the the case and in their only scene this episode michael and hurley come up and basically say hey that's not gonna happen that's a that's a halliburton what uh, does that case. mean why why uh, does everybody know what that means except for yeah, me no i one guy saying Oh, dude, you're not going to get that. That's a Halliburton. I'd be like, oh, dang. This dude knows a lot about lock cases. Okay, fair enough. And then the next guy comes up and he's like, oh, yeah, you're not getting that. That's a Halliburton. I'm thinking, what the, what the, what, what, yeah, what do I not know? I don't even know if that's real. I should have looked that up. Obviously, I have my homepage set up to the Halliburton homepage, but that's for the paramilitary group, not... Yeah. Something not, different. Not, yeah, it's, it's a whole different... It's just... It's just about my ideology. It has nothing to do with locked cases. We get a great exchange here, which is Michael saying, you're wasting your time, man. If you pick the lock on a Halliburton, I'll put you on my back and fly us to L.A. And Sawyer's perfect response, finally first canon usage of this word, you better find yourself a runway, daddy. That's <laughs> um, so funny. Just, just I guess because he has a kid I know. to call him daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great I'm, yeah Sawyer rules this episode yeah Sawyer killed so it. good Hurley gets in on it and starts laughing Michael says you know you gotta use impact velocity, impact velocity like the axe now it's something I do want to bring up because this scene had Michael and Hurley we last episode got our second Jack episode third if you count the pilot but I think the pilot had multiple flashbacks um and then this is our second Kate episode. Then that comes before we got a Michael episode, a Walt episode, a Hurley episode, mm-hmm. or Boone and Shannon. Like, it's just, I get that you have some people that are more main characters than others, but like, man, you got this ensemble show. Maybe get them in there before you start repeating people. It seems crazy to me. Yeah, if this had been a Shannon episode, I think it would oh. have elevated it so much more. Like, oh, Kate's for storyline sure. is just not... Like, her flashback is just not really... It's inconsequential to everything that's happening on the island. Right. But at the same time, everything on the 
Island and the flashback are all kind of just the same thing, too. Like, yeah, it truly... If, yeah, if this had been a flashback... If, okay, here's a pitch for you. <laughs> okay, Instead of it. all of the bank robbery stuff, the flashbacks are just different segments of Shannon watching Finding Nemo. I would love that episode. <laughs> yeah, and then her dealing with, like, her uh, her boyfriend's, like, shitty kid. Mm-hmm. Be great. <laughs> Narratively, it would work better, too. Mm-hmm. So, Michael says to use the axe, but uh, Sawyer can't because Boone is taking the axe uh, to Locke. And uh, Locke says, you know, were, we, were you followed? Boone says, no, I don't think so. And then Locke goes, like, full junior high teacher on him. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, well, was it, what is it? Were you not or I don't think so? And Boone says that he wasn't followed. So they've clearly been doing something with that, you know, the metal thing in the ground that they found. Uh, but we don't even see it again. Uh, they're saving that for the future, I guess. Locke went from supportive Island Daddy to condescending Island Daddy with Boone yes. real quick. And I don't yeah. blame him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. You spend four days with Boone. Maybe you start you start uh, picking apart every little thing he says. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they had such. This episode is just so weird. Everyone is just like a little bit shifted to the right, where it's yeah. just like this is just not quite right. Rose is moving a big sheet of metal across the across the beach. Um, you know, to their new camp. This is funny because so the deleted scenes. Rose was supposed to say that this was going to be a countertop for a kitchen that she's going to be making in the new camp. We don't get that context here, so it does just look like she's just moving some of the wreckage out of the way of the beach mm-hmm. uh, for no reason. But she uh, sees Charlie sitting there moping and basically gives him a little bit of tough love and says, Hey, you can be sad, but you got to help out, dude. Mm-hmm. And she gets him to get up and help. Rose is so good. They... So far, she's kind of just been like a, like, hey, one person is kind of having a little deal with her at a time, and up till now it's been Jack, and then now it's Charlie. It seems like they don't maybe feel like they have a place for her in the camp. I don't know. They just they. I don't understand why they don't use her more. Yeah, she is. She's so good. She made this episode really like her and Charlie's dynamic. Yeah, it, it's a. She's a real grounding presence. Mm-hmm. And it's uh you know, fun to watch. And her character doesn't, well, hasn't yet at least changed drastically. Yes. Yeah, she's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So Sawyer, Sawyer climbs a tree to drop the case from because he bangs it against a rock a bunch. Um, and he can't, he can't figure it out. It would be really funny if we found out, you know, what was in there was this uh, very expensive, like, glass figurine that Kate had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, whatever it was, it's a good thing it's durable. Uh, but he climbs up to the top of the jungle canopy, throws the case down, and it still doesn't work. I mean, this is the this is kind of fun, where it's like him trying to get the case open and getting frustrated with it. Just because Josh Holloway being frustrated is always pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> when he drops it, from the top of the trees, Kate, like, scurries out of her little hidey hole that she was watching from, grabs the case, and then takes off. And then Sawyer, like, has to, like, climb down a bunch of vines to get to her. And I and, know that this is supposed to be, like, a cute, like, 
um, like flirtatious thing, like the way that it's being acted out. But she just headbutted him while he was yeah. sleeping. Like it just that's not cute to me. No. Like this whole interaction is like not a fun building sexual tension piece of television that I want to watch. Yeah, it because it seems like yeah, you're right because they should be very mad at each other. Yeah. She should be mad at him too and but like it just seems like they're they're kind of like, "Ah, oh, this is the cat and mouse game that we're playing." Mhm. But it just doesn't make I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um they Sawyer catches her, which is insane. I think that's purely on Kate. He was at the top of a cliff mm-hmm. and had to climb down. Um, like that's if you can't run fast enough away from it, and you should be faster than him anyways. I guess if you're carrying a big case, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> he catches her, uh, pins her down again. She uh, headbutts him <laughs> again, and then he gets frustrated. And this is perfect for me because this is exactly like the whole thing with Jack not wanting to know what Kate did was so frustrating like Sawyer is just curious about what's in it that's all he Mm -hmm. wants is to know what's in it which is yeah exactly right that's how you would feel about it so he says hey you tell me I'll give you the case and she refuses actually she doesn't even really refuse she just kind of like shuts down Mm -hmm. which in my opinion is going to be a troubling response later on in this episode but Back in flashback, some big redneck dude tries to stand up to the robbers. Uh, he he gets one to, like, lose his gun, and then the gun slides over to Kate. Um, she picks it up and is basically just stalling. Says, you know, I don't know how to use a gun. The safety's still on, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the, they take Kate as a hostage, the leader of who's... I have his name written down as Jason... I'm trying to remember if they actually call him that or if I just assumed his name is Jason. They do. Okay, cool. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't look like a Jason. They, that was a miss, I think. What do you think he looks like? I don't know. That's a good question. He looks, I mean, he looks like his given birth name should be generic scumbag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, he looks like a Matt Damon type. Yeah, yeah. His, his legal name is Matt Damon type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to say that this guy is giving a bad performance either. Like, he's not really... He, he isn't... There's not a lot of chemistry between him and Kate. Mm-mm. I actually... So here's something that I do think. So something that I've talked about a little bit is... The fun part about the Lost flashbacks is when they get to be part of a certain genre. Mm-hmm. I think that this would have been a lot more fun if we had, instead of seeing the robbery... As, like, this, like, multi-stage... Because it's just... Everything takes place in one room in this flashback. And it's just kind of boring. I think it would have been a lot more fun to see Kate set up the heist. And have it be, like, a heist movie type thing. Where she's, like, putting the team together and then ultimately betraying them. Like in Ocean's Um, Eleven? Yeah, totally. That would have been great. Would that not have been a lot more fun? Yeah. Um, And maybe that's tough to do in, like you know, in five two-minute flashbacks. But also, then maybe you uh, cut some of the, you know, Sawyer holding her arms and legs down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, so, Kate gets taken as a hostage after the failed coup against the the bank robbers. They take her to the back room, and the guy takes off his mask. Uh, 
and it's really tense. And then wouldn't you know it, they both start laughing. She's in on it. She's part of the bank robbers. They kiss. The most ominous music possible is playing while they kiss to let you know this is bad. Uh, (laughs) Back on the beach, Shannon has managed to uh, get dressed, and she is helping Saeed now. She's, uh, She's frustrated, but, you know, he seems like he believes in her. I, this is maybe my favorite part of the episode is when she she says she says that she learned French from a guy that she was living with. Uh, Said like puts his Said puts just his head he, on he, his he hands. Gets, yes, he gets into this like okay, what's the T sis type like mm-hmm. uh, type pose, and I think it's supposed to be him kind of like being because they're clearly flirting a little bit in this episode, and like so him trying to be playful about the fact that she's talking about another guy i guess i don't know it's just such a weird choice but it rules naveen andrews is so great Mm -hmm. um it's so it's such a funny thing to do (laughs) jack asks son what her the herbs that she's gathering are Mm -hmm. and she has one for uh headaches uh this is good it does if I like that like Jack and Son would be working together even through the like language barrier which It makes sense. Yeah. And she's doing a pretty good job of still pretending she doesn't understand. Um but Kate comes up and says, "Hey, we have a problem." And Jack is immediately hostile towards her. Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh, we have a problem or you have a problem." So he is like somehow, I don't know if he heard it through the grapevine or something, but he has somehow figured out that she's trying to play him just off the bat. They do talk about Kate's, like, fugitive status in front of Sun, um, assuming that she doesn't speak English. I've got to say, never in my life would I ever do something like this. No. I don't know if I've just been trained by movies. Because it's always a satisfying scene when, you you know, a bunch of people are, like, talking shit about somebody in a language they think they don't understand. And then that person responds in that language. Um, that's a fun scene that's been in approximately four billion movies. Absolutely. And also, like, just thinking of it from a real-life perspective, too, I mean, they've been completely immersed in the English language because everybody's speaking English around them. They're obviously picking stuff up. Like, even if we as an audience didn't know that she knew English, like, it's just really kind of icky to to watch happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, they just kind of, like, treat her like wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I for sure would be assuming that both Sun and Jin could understand everything I'm saying if I'm talking about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Sun and Jin, I'm also assuming that anybody else on the island can speak Korean. I'm not mm-hmm. taking any chances with any of that stuff. Uh, even though Hurley had called them Chinese uh, ten times by that. Ten times, yeah. Yeah. He keeps doing it. <laughs> so Kate says that the case contains four... Uh, nine millimeter handguns uh, with boxes of ammo and Sawyer has it right now it's locked but it won't stay that way forever somebody will give him that axe um, so she needs to know where Jack buried the marshal Jack wants to know what else is in the case and Kate lies and says nothing um, he's like just super suspicious and hostile towards her and she's just like lying It both of their behavior just doesn't make sense is there something that happened last episode that I'm not remembering? No, because the last thing they did together was find Charlie. 
up in the tree, right? That would have been the last interaction we yeah. saw. But and then the last like interpersonal interpersonal interaction that we saw would have been them arguing about and you know Kate kind of opening up about her dad and Jack feeling bad about it. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. It, yeah, it, it feels. I don't know. I mean, it's just from one week to another. I guess it just changes. Some. I mean, it really is just somebody new is writing the episode. The the characters change. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there's any real bad performances in this episode either. Like, they, they're always... The actors are always doing pretty good. Discount Matt Damon. You could make a case for that. Okay, but, like, well, all of the regular cast members yeah. are... They're doing their thing. They're hitting the mark. Yeah. He's just not adding anything. Yeah. He just doesn't... I don't think that he's detracting. But, yeah, he... Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, Charlie... Um... Charlie asks Rose, you know, as they're pulling their their table along, why she's smiling. There's no reason to be happy. And Rose, you know, tells him, hey, it's not your fault. You know, nobody blames you for what happened to Claire. You almost died yourself. Uh, Charlie says, hey, maybe I should have died. Uh, mm. Yeah, probably. You probably should have, <laughs> Charlie. And Rose says that he needs to ask for help. Um, meaning call upon the Lord, uh, not ask for any real help from people. Actually, I don't know mm-hmm. if we get that context from it yet. And then in the flashback, they do the classic, uh, they're making out. I, I mean, so did they have sex in that office uh, at Kate and Jason? Who knows? Because they're, like, getting their clothes back together. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Seems like, I don't yeah, well. Um, more power to him, I guess. Uh but Jason hits Kate to make it look more realistic, and then they come out to get the key from the bank manager so they can enter the vault. Uh, meanwhile, Jack and Kate are digging up the marshal's body. <laughs> um, Kate, I mean, they're, they do a pretty good job, I think, of portraying how absolutely disgusting this would be. Uh, yeah. To just, someone just buried in the dirt. <laughs> Jack, at some point, asks Kate if she's alright, and she says, compared to what? Did you ever watch the the old video that Marcel the Shell? No, I didn't. Okay, well. What is uh, it? It's like an old like YouTube video. And I didn't even realize this until later, but it's Jenny Slate. She her, she's doing the voice. It's it's very weird. It's just kind of like that like 2009 humor. Mm-hmm. Where it's just it's it's just kind of like her saying a bunch of random stuff, and she's like a little seashell that walks around. Uh, but there's a quote that says, compared to what, in that. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, them digging up this body. Disgusting. Kate grabs the wallet, but when she opens up, there's maggots in it. And she does an incredible... I mean, Jack says, nice sleight of hand, but I think that he did not give her enough props. She opened it up, immediately assessed where the key was, grabbed it, and then through the wallet, all while he was, like, staring her down. No, if I could be mad. No. I mean, certainly, I, well, I'll tell you this right now, Emma. You could not be as mad as Jack is. Yeah. Uh, no so matter true. what. Guaranteed yeah. you could not be that mad. <laughs> you might get mad, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, she tries to palm the key, but uh, Jack sees through it. I do love this, where he makes her hold out her hand. Like a little kid that grabbed like an extra Cheerio or whatever and you're trying to tell him not to choke it down. Um, and Jack takes the key. 
this is such a... I mean... So, obviously, this stupid little plane has some significance to Kate, and presumably we will figure out later on what it is. Why would she not just tell them? I don't understand that. She's sabotaging all of the relationships that she has, like, cultivated on the island so far. Yeah, she's burnt to every single bridge that she has. Yeah, for this little plane. Knowing that it's the little plane, and then talking about the episode makes me pretty mad. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, no, Jack should Jack should be really angry once she opens it up. Yeah. He should not be that angry up until that point. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he sees it anyways, so she's fine with them knowing what it is. Obviously, she's going to keep the significance of it to herself, and she explains a little bit later on when Jack presses her, but it, it just is so... Why not say there's something in there that's personal to me? Mm-hmm. I, probably they would back off, or maybe Jack would say, oh, what is it? And then you say... I don't know, it's a toy my mom gave me. Right. Like, there you go. Easy. That's why you want it back. This whole episode centers around how manipulative and like such a master liar Kate is, but she can't make a lie about <laughs> yeah. this little toy plane. Really? Yeah. Also, she it's gets caught in every lie immediately, yeah. and she keeps doing That's it. So true. Which is relatable. Yeah. I'll say that mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> So Shannon is um, translating the stuff that's on the maps, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, It's a bunch of, like, nonsense. Uh, I assume they... Well, I don't know. In 2005, did they have Google Translate? They essentially just put the the lyrics through Google Translate um, or just translated them literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saeed is... Saeed gets really frustrated. Um, I didn't like this. And this felt really, like, not like Saeed. Yeah. He goes from spill the tea to, like, what are you talking about? Uh, This is a mistake. Like, Mm -hmm. really quickly. Especially when, like, she has shown some insane self-esteem issues regarding her translating French. And he's been present for all of them. He was also present when she translated the, the transmission. So, like, he knows what her deal is. I don't know why he's acting like that. But, yeah, Shannon thinks it sounds familiar, but... Uh, ultimately, they both get frustrated. Saeed says, yeah, this is a mistake. And uh, Shannon calls herself useless. She is fully internalized. Boone's lesson. And she storms off. Jack goes to Sawyer to get the, the case. And Sawyer, at first, like tries to be like, oh yeah, what are you going to do to me? And Jack says he's going to stop giving him his meds for his infection. Then Sawyer's just like, all right, yeah, well, you can take it then. <laughs> like he just gives up immediately. I don't. I think if I think if Jack had just grabbed it, Sawyer would not even have stopped him. He doesn't even want it at this point. But again, like another example of somebody being like, "Oh, you're not going to give me what I want. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make <laughs> yeah. you so miserable that you <laughs> yeah. have to cut off your own arm. Like, yeah. just ask for it, dude. Like." Play his little game and ask for it, and he's probably going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, Jack is at 100 uh, this entire <laughs> yes. episode. That so is he, very true. He is not let up. And then Sawyer says, hey, I don't know, however she got you to do this, she's lying to you. Which uh, Jack has clearly been suspecting from, like, second one of this. Mm-hmm. But I guess this just reaffirms his suspicions. Back at the bank, the manager opens up the vault and 
the robbers, uh, or Jason, I guess, takes off his mask and is going to kill him when Kate says, hey, nobody, uh, nobody was supposed to get hurt, and she ends up shooting Jason and then the other two people that are part of the team as well. Uh, they do a very, um, a very, like, uh, what's the word, conspicuous shot of all three showing that they're still, like, you know, rolling around on the ground, hurt from their, just to show that she didn't kill them outright. Mm-hmm. I always think that that is funny, like, I, I, I can understand wanting to be like, hey, Kate doesn't want this bank manager to get hurt, but you would not be like, oh, Kate is a monster if she let these, like, this sociopathic bank robber or the right. other two freaks get get killed. Um, I do always think that's funny how they how they started to have to do that in uh, in superhero movies to show you that like oh nobody's dying is be like and the downtown district was evacuated today like they always like have to like throw in that radio thing yeah because too many nerds got like oh Batman actually wouldn't do that he he would that'd be endangering <laughs> lives so. <laughs> um, I'm glad that Lost was ahead of the curve on that. Mm-hmm. So Kate wants to open a specific safety deposit box. The manager says, "Look, I have one key, but you need the other one." Turns out Kate has it. Uh, she does. She's not on the the you know signature for the the box, but uh, she has the key. It's box eight fifteen. Did you catch that? Is there a significance to that? Yeah, they're they were on flight eight fifteen. Oh. So, well, I think this is about when it starts, but anytime people talk about numbers uh, for Lost, like anytime someone's like, oh yeah, I live at whatever, whatever street, um, Mm -hmm. uh, typically the numbers all relate, and we'll see more of that, obviously. Try not to be spoily about it, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, this one is not too much of a spoiler, it's just that's the the flight number, 815. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she opens it up, and there's an envelope in there jack opens up the case he does find the guns and ammo so like she wasn't wrong about that and that's another thing where it's like kate was correct to get that case away from sawyer like she was manipulating you to do it but also she wasn't lying yeah like i don't know how you can be that mad at her also Um, like a woman just got kidnapped like you want those guns like you need some more protection than like locks hunting knives like yeah i don't know i mean obviously now boone is gonna have to like in the middle of the night try and take them from yeah wherever the guns go to but yeah you for sure want those to be like available uh for whenever ethan comes back yeah so they find the guns and then he finds an envelope labeled personal effects opens it up inside of another envelope is the paper or the toy airplane um and he gives it to kate he has this line that's like, is this what you were looking for? Yeah. Like, putting all the guns to the side and then, like, yeah. scolding her for wanting for, for, this envelope. Yeah, it's just so weird. Like, what does he think that it is? Like, what is he mad about? Like, what what could it be that I she's hear. done wrong to get this thing? Like, it was hers and she wants it. He already knows her past. Like, unless he's just still mad at her for being a fugitive. This mm-hmm. is just so weird. And so... This is another thing where her shutting down, and this is, I don't think this is their intention. Like, I don't think the intention is for this to be like, oh, this is an abusive relationship, right? But, like, Jack getting mad so quickly, and then Kate's reaction being to just shut down and not talk is distressing. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a, a weird dynamic that gets introduced this episode. So yeah, Jack says, no, I want to know the significance of this. And Kate says it belonged to the man that she loved. Uh, that's not good enough for Jack. He keeps pushing. Eventually, it belonged to the man that she killed. Um, so she loved someone and then killed them. And maybe that's why she was on the run. But we don't get any more details than that. Uh, and it kind of seems like Jack feels bad for her, I guess. Once she starts, like, she, once he pushes her to the point of her, like, completely breaking down in tears, mm-hmm. he kind of, like, try, looks like he's about to say something a couple times and then just takes off with the guns. And then, so finally we get the, the survivors have moved their camp into an area that has more, it's almost like just a more wooded area, a little more trees um, near the beach still, though. Uh, and then, yeah, this is a really great scene. Charlie asks... Rose about her husband and she says that she thinks that he's still alive um she has the line it's a fine line between denial and faith and it's much better on my side and then Charlie just like breaks down asks for help um and she she says oh I'm not the one that can help you and they start praying together this is good this is a really good performance by Dominic Moynihan Mm -hmm. um I think this episode this whole episode was a good performance by him like, he's got that shell shocks thing down perfectly. There's a way for this to be extremely corny. And maybe you can argue it is a little bit. Like, to just have him start breakdown crying and then immediately go into a prayer. I guess that's a little bit corny. But it is, um, it's really good and believable from him, I think. I think so, too. And especially since, like, we had his backstory and he is religious. Or at least yes. was at one point. So, like, that adds a lot to it, I think like just that common connection and we don't really see any emotion from him since almost dying well dying and then coming back so i thought it was good yeah i think it was really good um that is actually funny to think about like yeah her being like you gotta talk to god she did say it to the one person that we know specifically is christian Mm -hmm. um and this it would have been really funny if he had been like a atheist bro like a Richard Dawkins type uh, yeah. uh, person or like a God, do you remember that Pastafarian do you remember that no. that stuff from it was around this time I think that it came out it was like one of those like those things where people are like oh oh if uh, if you think you believe in God well God could be anything what if God was just a flying spaghetti monster huh? oh, what, like, yeah. Um, yeah I remember thinking that was so funny in middle school and then I think about it now and I'm just like you moron that's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> All that Reddit atheism stuff is the absolute worst. But they have great, great fashion sense, uh, so you can't hate them too much. Mm-mm. So Shannon goes to Saeed, and he, she starts talking. She has like a really roundabout way of getting to her remembering it. And so she's like, yeah, so back in Saint-Tropez, the guy that I was saying had a kid who used to watch this movie all the time, and Saeed's just like, why are you telling me yeah. this? Which is such a funny... Which He seemed like he was there for it before, but whatever. It would have been um, so funny if he had immediately been like, are you talking about Finding Nemo? Yeah. Or like... <laughs> it turns out he's a huge fan. Yeah. We, we haven't noticed, but he one of his shoulders has a, a Dory tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing that's like i guess maybe maybe it makes sense for shannon because she's kind of like this like vapid and obviously she's supposed to be young 
but like to find out to realize oh it's from it's that song from Finding Nemo like okay well it's actually been around a little bit longer than mm-hmm. that it, it wasn't just from Finding Nemo maybe Shannon could have just heard it maybe while she was in France even she yeah. could have heard the famous French song La Mer mm-hmm. um, but it turns out that's what the, the notations were um, so she sings it beautiful voice she sounds Very really good pretty. yeah she did a good job yeah and it's yeah it's great and again this is something that could be really cheesy and i don't think it lands that way i think it it lands pretty well (laughs) but then we get to something that maybe doesn't land so well boone is watching that uh he is like 0.5 steps short of like having a hockey mask and a chainsaw (laughs) yeah he's yeah very very creepy so what is he upset about i don't know (laughs) i don't know I guess somebody else talking to Shannon. Somebody else acknowledging that she's a human being. Ugh. I guess that makes him mad. I don't know. I mean, um, I mean that's basically the end of the episode. We get a nice instrumental version of La Mer, and which I assume was done by uh, Michael Giacchino and um, Kate. You know, going over the plane in her hands. Uh, but next week's episode is a Boone episode, so maybe we'll find yes. out. Um, so I guess they are starting to go into maybe some of the the less... I mean, again, it is insane to have a Boone episode even before a Michael episode, but whatever. I think I'll take mm-hmm. it over a third Jack episode at this point. So if you had to guess, there are 118 episodes in Lost. Where do you think this one ranks on the <sighs> I'm list? so glad that you have an answer for this because I was going to ask you where it ranks. Um I know that the reception was very mixed, so I am curious. Uh, it got like, insane ratings, um, which the way TV ratings work it is not indicative of anything being good. It's just on how many people tuned in. I mean, I would assume that it's the bottom of the barrel, but I would not be surprised if it was in the top 50% either. So it's actually number one. I <laughs> know. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's um now it actually is number one hundred and eleven. Uh, so it's as close to the bottom of the barrel as we're gonna get for a while. I think we're not we're not getting anything this low for the rest of the season. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, the reception like piece on the Lost Wiki. Um, I guess the New York Times cited it as a breath of fresh air when comparing it to the previous few episodes which is insane to me yeah that's crazy that's such a bad take this one yeah just nothing about it it just didn't click all the characters seem like they weren't written by the same people as it had been it just seemed a little off like a little too off also i think i didn't really piece this part together until we started talking about the episode but you're totally right that Jack and Kate's dynamic is kind of set up towards the end as like being like kind of abusive. Like she's shutting down when she's talking to them when it should be like her and Sawyer for sure. Like they fight, they physically fight, but it's meant to be this like cute thing and like a flirtation. And it really does not sit right with me that that was the artistic choice to have like those physical components be like a cute flirtation. But then Jack kind of being like, okay, you're lying to me as like, 
her shutting down and and just him also kind of coming across as stubborn and and not really caring it it just the whole thing this episode is not okay with me the relationship aspect well there's a point where he literally um where he literally grabs her like upper arm um and like kind of yanks her to Mm -hmm. like get her to tie and it's just like oh man this is like yeah i don't know yeah it's not great and again yeah i don't think they're meant to i i i mean the way that this works especially with you know primetime tv when you have like 16 main characters or whatever you got to make them a little bit broad and i think that that's understandable and i think we kind of talked about it with Jin, where it's like it seems like they maybe made him more abusive than they were meaning to just to Mm -hmm. just to like because they kind of have to get it across with no words and this i think is kind of something similar where they're they're not really trying to they're not really trying to make it seem like they're abusive but it just i don't know it it could be something too that the actors are keying in on because like it is insane that jack is that mad it is Um, yeah like it so it could just be something that maybe uh matthew fox is keying in on and amping up or something like that trying to make it so that jack isn't like a boy scout i don't know but yeah you're right i mean the the relationship between um sawyer and kate has been it's weird like yeah like i mean like we said it's so toxic he's like uh held her down so many times and i mean and forced her to kiss him right in order to save someone's life and then that was obviously a lie so yeah, the fact that Sawyer comes off looking like pretty reasonable and cute this episode is weird. Is weird, yeah. Shouldn't, he shouldn't be. <laughs> no. So I have a couple things that I would like to share. I, you know, this this podcast is not just us reading the Lostopedia, but I do want to share these things because this is insane. The first is in the trivia section in Lostopedia. They said the title is a pun. Whatever the case may be, refers to both the mystery surrounding the Marshall's briefcase and the mystery surrounding Kate's past. Now, I'm a moron. We delete that from the So I didn't understand that at first. (laughs) (laughs) So horrendous. (laughs) I don't know. The title makes me so mad. I think it would have been... No, you know what? If they had actually called Walkabout Lord of the Files, that would have still been better than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so as some cut content for this one, apparently this ending I think would have been great, which was that the the case would have also had a Snickers bar in it, and at the end of the episode, Sawyer would have asked Jack what was in it, and he would have tossed Sawyer the Snickers bar. Is I think that, that real? Been good. Yeah. Well, that would that it never got filmed, but it was just part oh, of the okay. script. Um. Also, also something. Uh, is that when Kate was Kate and Sawyer were jumping in the the waterfall? Um, it says that she would have worn a sports bra and tasteful underwear while swimming. So apparently, the Wikipedia does not think that the underwear that she wore in the episode was tasteful. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that, but uh, it's very weird that someone made a point of that on the wiki. Oh, okay. I actually, I'd like to find out if this is all the same person. <laughs> I need to figure out how to go through the the change logs on there. It's the same person who was commenting on her commercial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy that uh, has never felt in love before, but then he yeah. wanted to, like, touch through the TV or whatever it was. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's that guy. yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, um, he definitely is listening to this podcast, and if so, 
please uh, contact us at all the best pods on Twitter, all the best podcasts at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on and find out what kind of underwear you think is tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> Lordy. Yeah. So this week in history, mm-hmm. um, nothing too crazy, but Craig Ferguson a few days ago was the he was made the late night talk show host officially. Oh sure. Um, hey, there you go. Did you ever watch so, that show? I yeah, I did. I think he's funny. I've seen like stuff from him that I think is funny, but I never was up late enough to watch that one. Um, yeah. So I never really. But he seems funny. He's pretty funny. Um, he uh, got sober, and the way that he like talks about his sobriety is like I think he does it in a really funny way, but also like very human. And I just think that he's like mm. one of the real ones, you know. Sure. All right, we are officially Craig Fergusans. Um, mm-hmm. So perfect. Craig, if you're listening, um, yeah, Craig, we'd, we'd love, love to have, to you, have on, you on the find show. Find out what kind of underwear you think is tasteful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I think that that is all for this week. Then next week is Hearts and Minds, a Boone episode. I forgot to see the tagline. I wonder what it is. But uh, until then, uh, get lost. Get lost. Bye. Bye.